Guys, how's it going? And welcome to my very first podcast. I am super excited. My name is Miguel. I run a channel on YouTube called SoCal Watch Reviews. I know everybody's jumping on the bandwagon and wanting to do podcasts, but in my personal opinion, it's something that I've always wanted to do since I was little. I wanted to be on the radio, but of course, now with the opportunity to create your own content and upload it on the internet is so exciting. I know it's nothing new. I know it's been out for a while, uh, but I'm very excited that you're joining me and uh, joining the hopefully thousands or millions of people listening to this uh, podcast in the in the future. So let me tell you a little bit about myself. I do talk a little bit about myself on YouTube, but not much. People are not really interested in that. They, they're there for the watches. They want to hear what I have to say. They want to see the watch I'm reviewing. But I, I thought I'd be a little bit more uh, personal here because I figure if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you're a loyal uh, viewer of mine or you're a friend of mine. So you probably already know a little bit about me. But for those of you that don't know me, uh, again, my name is Miguel. I am 36 years old. I reside in Southern California and my life has kind of been all over the place, right? So I was born and raised in East LA, then moved to Mexico City at a very young age, then came back to California uh, when I was 13 to live with my father. Um, I lived with my mom in Mexico. They separated, of course, uh, typical uh, thing nowadays. And that's kind of how it went. And that's, uh, I've been in the U.S. ever since. And uh, as far as my whole watch collecting um, uh, started, or how it started, it all started when I was uh, younger. It was in the early 90s. So I must have been I don't know, pretty young, maybe eight, nine years old. And I fell in love with Casio just because all my um, neighbors used to have them. They used to have the little calculator watch, the the data bank. So when I got a little bit of money from my dad, um, of course, from the child support, my mom gave me a little bit of the money that he sent. Uh, we went over to a swap meet. Uh, it's called for any of my Hispanic guys out there. It's called Tepito. Now, Tepito over there in Mexico City is... A pretty bad uh, uh, neighborhood or a pretty bad place to be, but I didn't know uh, otherwise. I was young, and my mom took me there, and they sell a ton of replica things over there. Of course, in Mexico, you barely have enough money to uh, put food on our table, let alone buy a watch, right? But I didn't know this. I was young. I came from the U.S. My dad was obviously sending money to my mom, and things were okay at that time. So I ended up buying my first watch and it was super cool. I remember never taking that thing off. In fact, I cheated many, many times in tests. We weren't supposed to have calculators, but uh, I guess in that age or in that uh, that stage of, of where the, the world was, I guess these watches were kind of semi-new from the 80s. Uh, so yeah, people didn't even know what I had on my wrist, which was pretty obvious. And I'm sure they did. And they probably thought it was clever. But yeah, I ended up cheating on a lot of tests. And it was pretty cool. I mean, that little uh, that little watch had so much functionality. Um, you could put set alarms it has a world timer you could put contacts in there so that was yeah, like your first true like iphone right there on your wrist it was incredible and uh so that was generation one then i bought another uh watch after that because i wanted a newer model so 
till this day, I still own both those watches and they are in working condition because I do take care of my stuff. And now the, the beautiful thing is just how the world works. My four-year-old son says that's his watch now. So he's in love with that watch and he doesn't know anything about it. It's maybe just the aesthetic and the fact that it has a little numbers. That is super cool because that's the first thing that attracted me to those watches. So anyways, fast forward a few years and uh, I didn't wear the calculator watch anymore because I was too cool. You know, in junior high, uh, I didn't really wear a watch. It wasn't until after high school, I believe, that I uh, got into watches. And I was like, you know what? I used to always wear a watch. Let me kind of look around. So, of course, I got into the guest watch. And I, I bought my first guest watch, fashion watch. Uh, and I loved it. wore that for many years, a quartz watch. And uh, yeah, I probably didn't even tell time uh, accurately or anything. It was a quartz watch that was kind of beat up already. But I bought another one and then another one and then another one. And then I upgraded from guest to Armani. And I thought I was the coolest, right? It was this huge chunk of metal uh, quartz, of course. Uh, the bezels sucked big time. And it was a, a straight imitation straight replica from uh, of omega speedmaster but i didn't know any better i didn't even know about omega speedmaster because i wasn't into watches that way i just went to macy's i went to nordstrom big department stores if anybody listening outside of the u.s big department stores uh, malls that we call them here in the u.s uh so you would just go in and see these things on the display cases and they're just fashion watches but uh glorified fashion watches right they're selling for three, four, five hundred dollars and more just because it says Hugo Boss on it or Armani uh, or whatever. I'll make an episode dedicated to fashion watches, but I'm just telling you the backstory. So anyways, from that, I moved on to my first Invicta. My mother um, wanted to get me a nice watch. So we went and uh, kind of looked around the store and I saw this thing and it, it just looked like a beast. Right. And I saw the automatic movement in the back. Had no idea what that was. I just thought it was the coolest thing. I was like, you know what? That that's cool. A little mechanics in there. So I bought it and had that for a few years, but it wasn't until three years ago, really when I was 33, it was about, yeah, 33 that I was sitting around the couch and I told my wife, you know what? I would like to get another watch. I know I have a few in my collection, but I want to get something different. And she said, oh, okay, whatever. So I started looking around, of course, with the beauty of the internet. I didn't have to go to the store. I was just kind of browsing online, Amazon, eBay, and I came across this brand called Seiko. Yes, I have never heard of Seiko before uh, up until then. So yeah, for 33 years of my life, I never knew what Seiko was. So here I am. Uh, looking at this watch, I believe it was a chronograph and it was uh, battery operated, if I remember correctly. So uh, I said to myself, you know what? Somebody must have a review of this watch on YouTube. By At that time, I knew what YouTube was. I had been on YouTube, but I wasn't heavily into YouTube. I just went occasionally, you know, uh, here and there when I was bored at work or in my off time to look at funny videos or whatever. But I put in the reference number and what do you know a ton of videos pop up and most of those videos were tgb tristiano from the urban gentry uh so i just kind of went down the rabbit hole guys from there i did not purchase that watch because i came across something called the seiko skx 007 
that thing just captured my heart and I had to have it. Uh, at that time, uh, it was $195. I told my wife, she said, yeah, you could definitely get it, you know, for your birthday or whatever, some kind of special occasion. She was like, yeah, sure, get it. I got it, and I kid you not, as soon as I opened the box, my life changed. It sounds like an exaggeration, but it really isn't, guys. It isn't until you get into mechanical watches that you really appreciate everything about them. And I digress a little bit because I did have that mechanical watch from Invicta, and I had it for a few years, and I didn't really understand. It didn't speak to me. It wasn't until I got that Seiko that it wasn't just the automatic watch, but it was reading everything about it, understanding what each thing meant and what each component was intended for that made a difference for me. And also something that's huge with me is the backstory, reading about Seiko, reading about other automatic watches. And uh, of course, I had never, if I hadn't heard about Seiko, I'd never heard about Panerai, Breitling, all these other companies. Uh, so I started doing my research, started really getting uh, heavily into watches and, uh, yeah, started building my collection, started getting rid of a lot of my fashion watches. I still own some, but just for sentimental reasons, I'm not going to sell them, but I'm not going to wear them either. But yeah, Seiko has become a staple in my collection. I love the brand. I wish I could own a Grand Seiko, uh, at one point in my life uh of course i'm in no financial position to own one right now the most expensive piece that i do own in my collection is uh, an omega speedmaster reference number 3511 so it's not the moon watch and it's not the 40 millimeter one it's a 36 millimeter one it's from the 90s if you look it up as a reverse panda and that's all i could really afford and honestly i'm super happy with it uh question i get a lot uh is do you own a rolex do you want to buy a rolex and the answer to that is no i don't own a rolex and i would definitely love to own one at some point in my life and the reason being is because growing up of course rolex has always been that uh that brand that you aspire to own to show they made it to show they have some kind of success even before i knew about watches the word Rolex meant something to me, especially as a Hispanic kid growing up in Mexico, not having food on our tables and seeing my mom struggle without even uh, having money to take us anywhere, really. I mean, that's, we were dead broke uh, knowing that uh, or hearing the word Rolex was just unattainable. So to think that in my lifetime, I'm pretty confident I will own one. It's awesome. I know to a lot of you listening, maybe you do own Rolexes and you, I don't know what they mean to you and not necessarily a Rolex. I mean, it could be a Panerai, it could be a Seiko, it could be a Citizen that means so much to you. Uh, But Rolex is one of those brands that I definitely want to own in my collection. Now, in my opinion, is Rolex the best watch brown out, out there in the world? Of course not. We all know they're not, but just the name itself is just, something about it. And I, every time I talk to my mom, I mean, she knows I'm a collector and I'm into watches and I have a YouTube channel, but uh, she doesn't really care to know about the different, you know, brands, Patek Philippe, Audemars Piguet, Ilanga. Uh, All she knows is Rolex. And she's like, yeah, cool. Hopefully one day you own a Rolex. And I'm like, well, mom, it would be actually a lot cooler if I own a Royal Oak. And she just doesn't understand. And I don't blame her because she is not into watches. 
but anyways, that's kind of my backstory as far as the whole watch collecting and how I started. Hopefully you're still with me and you're still listening and I'm not too boring and you're not falling asleep. Now, why I started a YouTube channel. So in that process of those three years of getting heavily into watches and collecting, I, of course, followed all the all the big channels out there. Uh, Theo and Harris, Dinky, of course, uh, Tristiano, the Urgent Gentry, Federico Talks Watches, and all the, all the new guys, Teddy Baldassar, the Time Teller, uh, to name a few. So I'm like, you know what? This doesn't seem so difficult to do. Get in front of a camera, talk about a watch, review a watch. Uh, and I'm in sales, so I think I'm going to kill it. I think I'm going to start a channel. I think I'm going to kill it. I'm going to get a lot of people uh, to uh, support me, view my channel. Hopefully, it'll become something. But for the, the most important part of me starting a channel, uh the core piece of it all was to have an outlet. Of course, I used to talk about, and not used to, I still talk about watches to this day. Every single day, they've become such a big part of my life that sometimes I don't like it because it just consumes so much of my time. But it got to the point where my my wife just like, just basically said, look, you need an outlet um, for this watch thing. I love you and I, I genuinely care about what you have to say, but you talking about watches every single day is getting kind of boring. And I, I truthfully don't care about watches in the same level that you do. So being the good husband that I am, or at least I like to think that, I started that YouTube channel. Uh, and sure enough, I got a few subscribers. I got a few people that wanted to hear what I had to say. And I became good friends with a few people. Um, super cool. And it's not something that I thought was going to happen, but it did happen. And in fact, uh, the channel is not big. We got less than 200 subscribers and I'm going to keep going at it. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It's a little discouraging. We've been doing it for about six months now. Got almost close to 30 videos and each video could take basically eight hours. Put it that way. Sometimes it takes a little bit more collectively, of course. Um, and to know that not a lot of people are liking the video, commenting, uh, subscribing to my channel, uh, it's a little frustrating. As a human being, obviously you want to be recognized for the things that you do. At least some of us do. I know some people are not like that. But if you're in this YouTube space, you're in it to to get subscribers. You're in it to get views. You're not in it to just make a video and just for yourself. Then you it would it be a public video, it would be a private video. So with that said, uh, please go to my YouTube channel, SoCal Watch Reviews on YouTube. Please subscribe. Please like. Uh, help us grow that channel. Really, uh, since full transparency is what I'm what I'm uh, gauging for, for or hoping for for this for this podcast. Um, I want to get to a thousand subscribers. And here is why. I know the algorithm with YouTube works in funny ways. So once you get a thousand subscribers, then number one, you get a monetary compensation, which is not much, but it's it's something, right? To at least tell me, hey, it's a motivator to keep doing this. It's gonna be maybe a few cents. I don't know, maybe a few bucks. Uh, but that's one of the what's one of the reasons why I want to get to a thousand subscribers, uh, to be able to be monetized. Number two. Brands, brands, brands such as NATO straps and 
watch brands and just other kinds of brands will take me serious. Um, in my personal life, I'm a salesperson. So I work for this big company where companies actually come to us wanting for us to sell their product. And as a matter of fact, they give us a ton of incentives and they're basically just on top of us all the time, just kind of like, hey, please, you know, they take pastries, donuts, whatever, just as a, as a thank you and as, as a motivator to sell their product. So anyways, uh, I've reached out to a few companies, uh, watch companies and strap companies. And for the most part, every single one of them have ignored me. The only one that kind of took me serious was cheapest NATO straps. And they basically said, look, we can't give you free straps because you don't have that many subscribers. But we can give you this code that your users can use to get 15% off. So I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was a nice pat on the back. But other than that, all the other brands haven't reached back out to me, but I know once I get to that thousand subscriber mark, they will take me serious. And then the channel could grow even bigger because I'm going to be able to review things that other watch uh, YouTubers are reviewing and I could really get my hands on them. At this point, if I want to review any watches, either A, I have to own the watches or B, I have to create some kind of partnership with a dealer or, or I don't know, pawn shop to borrow the watches. And to be honest with you, I don't have time. I'm super busy with my family, with my job. I don't have time to be driving around and doing this and picking this up and knowing I have all this uh, liability sitting in my office with thousands of dollars potentially. And I don't have time to go out there for a few hours and record in their, in their store. So it would be pretty cool if uh, I could partner up with something that could just send me the watch uh, and I could send it back or eventually, Hey, if I get to keep the watch, that's awesome. I could do it as a giveaway or, uh, I know other YouTubers do this in full transparency. I'm hoping to get free product. And if it's not for me to keep, I could sell it and use that money to reinvest into my channel, get a better camera, get better lighting, get a better microphone, and hopefully reinvest into the podcast as well. And, uh, that's something that I definitely want to do is something that I want to, hope for. So this podcast, why did I start it? If I have a YouTube channel, what are you doing, Miguel? Well, as I'm recording this right now, I had a little bit of time. My wife went away with my son. They went to go visit the in-laws. So I got a little bit of time. And if I wanted to record a YouTube video right now, it'll be very hard. It's 7.20 p.m. over here in California. I don't have professional lighting. So I already know that my videos will come out super dark. I can only record in the morning when I open all my windows because I get the natural light. Uh, also, I don't have a professional camera. I only have my iPhone. So I figured if I do a podcast, it doesn't matter what it looks like as long as it sounds okay. Now, speaking of sound, I am speaking to you from this Rode microphone that a best, uh, my best friend, uh, Steve Garcia, uh, gave me. And he was very generous. He gave it to me. And I felt that it made a ton of difference when recording my video. So hopefully I'm coming across very clear. So I thought this was very simple. I just wanted to kind of jump on the computer, do my first recording, see how it goes. And it's very simple. It's not as hard as doing a video. It's not easy, but it's not as hard as doing a video. So that's the reason for doing a podcast. Also, my goal for this channel is to have some collaborations in the future And I know some people are a little camera shy, but they're okay with jumping on the phone or jumping, uh, you know, on a a conversation via the Internet. 
And uh, that's what I want to do. There's so many knowledgeable people out there that I want to get on board and just different opinions. Everybody has different opinions on different things. And that's super cool. And I think that's kind of another thing that I want to touch base on is just a snobbery going around in the watch world. I know uh, somebody that I know from the, from the YouTube world, his name is Ross. He runs uh, a channel on YouTube. He, he just got fed up because he owns a few Invictus and, you know, I'm, I'm sure people probably make fun of him or, say negative things about him but at the end of the day that's his money and that's what he likes to buy and there's absolutely nothing wrong with wearing an Invicta if that's what what he wants to wear or anybody else wants to wear then go for it I personally don't wear one because it's not my cup of tea but that doesn't mean that I'm gonna bash Invicta or any other brand now I'll get into fashion watches uh, in a later episode, like I said, but I'm not going to bash on them either. I think uh, more when we get into that is going to be the financial, the value proposition, right? Because you're spending X amount of dollars and only getting this when you could spend the same amount of money and get so much more. But that's miseducation. And, and to be honest with you, that's marketing. And if it really comes down to it, is the big brand's fault for not bringing awareness to the people, to the public about their watches. Like Seiko, I love their watches. Fantastic, fantastic watches. The best value proposition watches in the world, in my personal opinion. But their marketing is terrible, guys. I'm telling you, terrible. Why is it the movement, Daniel Wellington and all these other companies, they keep popping up on Instagram, on, on the internet, Facebook, YouTube, you name it. Because they have great marketing. They know how to spend their dollars. And I don't know what's going on with Seiko and Citizen and these other uh, big guys. They think that because they've been around for hundreds of years that people just automatically know who they are. That's not true. People need to remember. They need a reminder of who you are. That's why Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and these big brands do so well because yes people know who coke is and and pepsi but we need constant reminders because we're humans we tend to forget so anyways that's the goal for the channel also i'm not intending on doing hour-long podcasts uh maybe when we have a a a special guest we'll do an hour but if it's just me by myself i just want to keep it at 30 minutes uh hopefully you're uh not getting bored yet and still listening to this i do appreciate it um and if you have any comments let me give you my instagram account my instagram handle is at socalwatchreviews so send me a dm Uh, Let me know what I did right, what I did wrong, what you want to hear next, if you have any ideas. If you want to collaborate with me, I am more than happy to do that. People have opened their doors to allow me to express myself on their channels and be able to have some growth. And I want to give a special thanks to my friend Sam from the Casual Watch Reviewer channel. He gave me an opportunity to collaborate with him on one of his videos on his channel and got 10,000 views and counting. So that was super exciting. Also, I just jumped on his podcast. 
gave me the opportunity to do that as well. And hopefully we'll be doing some more, but that definitely opens up the doors because his audience is much broader than mine. He, he has more people listening. He has almost 8,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel. Also shout out to my friend, uh, Matthew from Chronomat over on YouTube. He gave me an opportunity to jump on his channel as well. He has a little over a thousand subscribers and he was very generous in giving me the opportunity. Also a big shout out to Dave, um, if you get a chance to check him out on YouTube, he does a fantastic job at reviewing watches, all kinds of things. And his opinions are uh, very different than the rest. And the name of his channel is Just The Watch. He's coming straight out of Japan. He's from Orange County. And thanks to him, I'm going to tell you a little something he did for me. He highlighted four undiscovered YouTube channels. And in that list, I was one of them. I was uh, very honored. And I thank you so much if you're listening, Dave, because thanks to you, I got 100 subscribers that same day. And I'm at 184 subscribers right now, guys. So pretty much all my subscribers, uh, I, I got to thank Dave for that. He, he did an awesome job. And of course, behind the scenes, somebody that's been uh, very influential and very helpful has been AB from Watch Collecting Strategy. I can't thank you enough, AB, uh, all your support when I almost didn't have any subscribers and you leaving comments and sending me emails of encouragement. I, I thank you so much for that. So anyways, guys, enough with the thank yous. Uh, thank you, the audience, for listening to this podcast. Uh, and I look forward to many more. And again, Thank you so much for just hearing me speak, hearing my thoughts, hearing my story. And I promise you in the next episodes, we're going to talk about different watch topics. I just wanted this episode to be an introduction of who Miguel is so that way you know a little bit about me. So when you're listening to me, you know my perspectives. And I'm a Mexican-American that has actually lived in Mexico and lived in the U.S. and come from very humble beginnings. So every single thing that I have in my life, whether it be watches, my house, my car, I appreciate everything and I don't take it for granted. And I hope you guys do as well. And that is why I always end my videos by saying, stay humble, guys, because once you let money go to your head, or materials go to your head, you become a completely different person. And that's not what we're about in this whole SoCal Watch Review community. So I welcome you to the community. I welcome you to my family. Again, my name is Miguel. You're listening to SoCal Watch Reviews. And as always, my friends, stay humble.